0: You're listening to the Screening in Kingston podcast, recorded in Kingston, Ontario, Canada. Welcome back, everybody. Uh, We're back here, screening in Kingston. Um, We're getting set for Films to be released in movie theaters again.
1: They're trickling
0: in. They're trickling in. Well, I w- we were just talking about how uh, the first new movie release, wide widespread at least, new movie release was this past weekend. It was Unhinged with Russell Crowe, and I just didn't want to see it, so I didn't go see it.
1: I think that I think someone asked us last week if we ever have to go see movies that we don't like. In this yeah. case, we deemed it a no. We did not. <laughs> <A note. laughs> you were not willing to risk the COVID for <laughs> Unhinged.
0: It's such a skip it that I didn't even bother trying to see it. Because the trailers looked so bad that I'm just not, I'm not interested in it. And even the reviews haven't been that great. So I I was kind of like, whatever, I don't care. I'm, I'm waiting for this week where we actually have new movie releases that I want to see. So this episode is going to be kind of a little preview of that, as well as we're going to talk about a couple of films we did, uh, we did get a chance to see and that we know we're playing. Uh, the screening room is still doing a great job of bringing back some, some sort of classics or films that maybe you might've missed from the, the eighties and nineties. I guess a film in the nineties isn't considered a classic yet. Is that, like, how, what, what's your opinion on that? What, 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 what like, <laughs> Could a film from the 90s be a classic?
1: Yeah, like, I feel like enough time. Well, it's hard. It's hard to say. You want to know if the movie has, like, staying power, right? So if it's it's only 20 years old, does it have staying power? So I don't know. I think that's a subjective. You hear, like, sometimes, like, a movie will be released and they'll be like, this will be a classic, but, like, yeah. at what point, like, 10, 20, 30 years, what what decade do you put classic status on it? I don't know. I can certainly, yeah. I think movies from the 90s, we can say, like, this will be a classic, maybe. Yeah. Like, we can say yeah, that's safer think- than a movie that came out last weekend and them being like, this, <laughs> this will be the next Citizen Kane. Like, whatever, yeah. right?
0: Yeah. Yeah, and I think... I think for me, it's exactly what, what you just said about, you know, is it going to stand the test of time? And I think that certain movies that do something new or different and can get re-releases, you know, decades later could qualify as a classic. Like I I would argue that, that Jurassic Park um, would be considered a a classic for that reason it was doing things that that no one else was at the time it really caught people's attention and people go back and see it when it gets re-releases in the theaters regardless of the sequels but the same way as I would say that about Jaws so if you were to consider Jaws a classic then you I think you have to consider Jurassic Park yeah makes sense to me (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> Sound logic.
0: Yeah, um, we've got uh, we've got some fan questions as as normal to to kick things off, um, and uh, we got we got two very interesting comments um, through through our website. So I think we'll we'll start there, and then we'll what get to way, the Inquisitor after that.
1: What a way for me to start my Monday, Mike, when I get to work and I open up my emails, and you say. Take a look at this. And I knew yeah. I'm like, it's, I didn't know what it was going to be, but I knew it was going to be something because typically you don't show me the questions in advance.
0: No. And sometimes that's, that I've actually found that that's, that's hurtful because you don't have time to prepare a longer answer. Let's say Josh asks, you know, what's your favorite movie from 1984? Yeah, I have to do some research. Time to look look it up and and kind of figure that out. Even though we're both big movie fans, we don't have everything. But I I reserve emailing you or sending them to you when it's something that either I don't 100% believe, or is so interesting that we should look at it and talk about what we're going to do with it before before we answer the questions. So yeah, that the today was one of those mornings. We got two questions that came in or comments or whatever that came in through the website that I thought I, I should probably show Taylor this. So I'm glad start. I didn't yeah. have
1: to take a hot take on these things, yeah. let me tell you.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> off the cuff. And normally I just don't even think about it. We get a bunch of fan questions and I'm like, ah, you know, Taylor's fine on her feet. She'll, she'll just answer the question. But now I'm starting to think, okay, maybe some of the bigger questions I'll send you in advance. Yeah, You need to really think it through. But then these ones I thought it would be unfair to just lob these at you. Um, so <laughs> I thought, let's, let's take a look at it. So I'm glad that was, your, that was kicking off your Monday. That's kind of unique.
1: Yeah. What a what a day. All right, so um, let's, let's dive in.
0: Well, let's, uh, let's do the one we're not going to read first and talk about that and explain ourselves. Yeah. Um, so we, we have one comment here that addresses specifically the conversation that, Taylor, you and I were having last week around our theater-going experience. So what I was sort of comparing, this is what it's like now. Here are the three theaters I went to. And this is what you have to do, and you um, admitted that you hadn't gone to to a movie yet, right? Um, at that time, so this comment came through, and and as I said, we'll we'll explain in a second why we're not going to read it, but but we're just going to kind of paraphrase it. Basically, it's it's questioning us on talking about masks and invoking fear in people, uh, specifically. Um, you, Taylor, the the person was. She expecting said, "Shame you.
1: on me! Shame on yeah. Taylor!
0: <laughs> Taylor specifically, even though I was the one talking about masks, but whatever. Um, you specifically should should have be not bringing this up, and that our show. Um, I will quote this: the show doesn't need to go this far left. Shameful. So talking about masks specifically, um, we're not reading this comment." because we don't want there to be a debate around masks because there's no debate around masks. Um, first of all you have to wear them if you're gonna go see the theater. that's you you just you can't go see you can't step into the theater without a mask. It's the same as um, you know those signs they use no shirt, no shoes, no service yeah. or whatever And I it's just want
1: to, I want to quickly interject to go ahead. Uh, we were called cowards in this um, message. We don't wait, know who. Wait, wait, wait. We don't know who sent it to us because they didn't leave a name um, oh, right. or anything. Yeah. So I don't know where this listener is coming from. We do have listeners that don't live in Kingston, and we had yeah. mentioned this on the show. You know, based on current KFLNA, so Kingston, Frontenac, Lennox, and Addington. Based on our current public health dictates, you have to wear a mask. So I want—I yeah. really want to emphasize that. In, in Kingston, where we record this show and where we go see movies, this is not a debate. And that is no. why I told Mike, I don't want to read the whole comment because I don't want viewers, listeners now writing in their opinions. Um, in Kingston, we cannot have an opinion on masks because it clearly states we have to wear them.
0: Yeah. Point and blank. I think that's like that's an important distinction that's the thing like if if you if you try to go somewhere with without a shirt on you you generally will be denied service it's the same with masks like that's just the way it is here you you have to you have to wear a mask in order to to step into the theater and that's not something that you can debate now again you know i don't know how how you feel taylor but like yeah when i wear a mask i don't like it but i do it because that's what we're doing and you have to and that's it. And I did say that you can take the mask off when you sit down. So it's not as though you have to sit there in the mask throughout the whole movie. You can take your mask off while you're enjoying popcorn, but if you're done your food, yeah, you got to put your mask back on. Um that's it. That's the regulation and we follow it cuz every movie theater follows it and you're not allowed to see a movie otherwise.
1: Yeah, if you don't want to wear a mask, stay home. In yeah.
0: But, and, you know, that's also an option. No one's forcing you to go to the movies. Like we don't have subpoena power to draw people out to the movies. Um, we like people going to the movies. We think that it's it's good and movies are good and we enjoy it. But yeah, in order to see a movie now, you have to wear a mask. I, yeah. I want to address the comment. I forgot I completely forgot about that. I'm glad that you we heard.
1: were cowards.
0: Yeah, We were cowards. Well, I mean, I don't know. This email seems very specifically pointed towards you for no reason um but like I'm,
1: I, it. I'm normally when we get criticism it is typically directed at me yeah, but but Taylor, but you, one, you've done
0: next- something or you've said something and, <laughs> you know, people go oh and even i'm like whoa that's a take like you know i kind of get it but in this i don't understand why specifically this person is is pointing to you in any way when I'm the one who was talking about it. I mean, you agreed and you talked about the mask thing. I think we both told said people, wear a mask, but that's because you have to. You've got to wear a mask. Um, but I do think that it it is it takes more courage to come on any platform and voice your opinion and voice your thoughts on movies and voice what, whatever it is that you want to voice. And this is you, Taylor, for the criticism you take. To me, that takes more courage than writing an anonymous um, comment on a website. So I don't think it's fair to call someone cowardly when you won't even leave your name or contact information um, so we can have a discussion. Know where you are. What your situation is? For all we know, you're you're in a community that doesn't have this mask policy, so there's some confusion there. Um, but yeah, if you're going to call someone cowardly for kind of no reason and, and in a, and do it in a cowardly way, we're not going to read your comments word for word, and like we do. Like I questions.
1: don't have much time for people saying our show is left wing, right wing, whatever. Number one, we're a movie show, so we don't have a political agenda. <laughs> no. Number two, um, in my personal opinion, and especially because of the community we live in, the mask debate, and again, it's not a debate in Kingston. Nope. You have to wear one. So it's not political. It's not your right wing, your left wing. It's you wear a mask. Otherwise, you're not seeing the friggin' movie. Yeah. <laughs> so- and it's
0: kind of as simple as that. So I feel like we just need to leave it at that. Yeah. Because in Kingston, exactly what you're saying, it's that simple.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: so there you go. That's why we're not reading it out loud. Just because we know with our fans, we we always try to read everything um, that comes in. I we think kind of
1: this is on. the history, the first time in the history of the show where we're not reading it the full question.
0: And I think... I think For good we, reason. Yeah, well justified, good reasons. And we'll move on. Because the next question is also not particularly... Positive and is a little pointed, but at least they left their name and are trying to start a conversation. So I to me, it this a little,
1: comment, I found it a little snarky.
0: It is, but I, <laughs> but I give. Hey, I'm going to give this person name is Don credit. Don has more courage than the person who wrote the other comment. Yes. Okay, because Don left their name, so I, yes, it's snarky, and people will see in a second. But hey, that's better than being anonymous. Um, So Don writes in and says, I'm a bit surprised we haven't seen this podcast dive into the debate around comedies and the changing world um, as to what you can make jokes about and what you can't. The reason I'm surprised is one of your hosts is, I believe, to be a straight white male who, so why don't you have a thought on this? Uh, don't you have some mansplaining to do about comedy and how everything should be open to comedy and that you don't care what offends people? Uh, where is this discussion? Is comedy going to die? Jump to the defense of your people, Mike. So that's from Don. So there you go. That's a thought on comedy. Um, before we get into this question, I, I actually have a question. Is there something that's happened recently in the world of comedy that that I'm missing? I guess like, someone in trouble.
1: I mean, when is a comedian not in trouble? And I think we have this talked about it great a little point. bit. <laughs> great I think we have point. talked about it a little bit in terms of it often comes up during award season when we're trying to yes. find a comedian that Definitely. isn't in trouble.
0: <laughs> that's, um, the only reason why I, that's the only reason why I was asking is because normally this only pops up during award season. And normally people, right or wrong, people want to talk about issues when someone has done something wrong and it comes to the forefront. So it's the only reason why I was asking Did something new happen? Because I wasn't aware of, like, another comedian was in trouble or a comedic movie was in trouble just because there hasn't been new releases. I wasn't aware of anything.
1: Yeah, I don't, I mean, I don't think it's necessarily this quote-unquote, what are we calling this, like, not a debate, but, like, this evolution in comedy. Um, Yeah. Part of it, like, if you were to break down the statistics, we actually don't get the opportunity to review a lot of comedic films. I would no, say do. just like off the cuff um, and you know I might have to eat crow on that in terms of you know because one of our listeners will now go and break down the numbers and <laughs> <in> the reviews <laughs> and give us the <laughs> statistics of how many comedies we've watched um, is there sort of are we I mean Don is correct in the sense that there is a con- there is a conversation going on that comedy is changing so i we did talk about it with um american pie maybe that's what um don is alluding to the fact that we had said you know american pie wouldn't be able to be made today with the same kinds of jokes right Mm. um and i guess don wanted you mike this would have been your opportunity to say we should have American pie now. Maybe Oh, was like, that what
0: I was supposed to do? Oh.
1: Yeah, I think I think maybe Don is
0: was Oops. hoping
1: I mean, I don't want to put words in Don's mouth, but the sense I got was that Don feels that we should be able to continue to have those types of movies and that maybe people are too sensitive. That is I see that um um in conversations that you know, we've become too sensitive. People can't take a joke. Um, we should be allowed, like nothing should be off, um, you know, nothing should be off the table in terms of jokes. Um, I have a pretty crass sense of humor. So um, I don't know. I feel like I I still get a lot of laughs out of some movies. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like yeah. I don't necessarily buy this whole this whole conversation that people can't make jokes anymore Mm -hmm. because that seems to be, it's either, you know, comedy's dead. We can't joke anymore. That seems to be the, that's one side of the debate. And I, I don't really uh, buy it.
0: The last comedy I recall like straight up comedy that I remember you reviewing was the good boys um, to which you gave it a very good review.
1: It was like watching super bad with like 12 year olds.
0: But but now, and even things since Superbad have changed a lot, and I believe you talked about um, that and, and how it, it, I don't remember there being massive backlash around that movie.
1: Yeah, um, like I feel like that was like a true comedy in the sense that, yeah, like it was very much in the tradition of Judd Apatow's um, kind of canon of movies, which I really like like I like all all those movies that came out in the 2000s um I don't think it's bad that comedy is evolving and we now know that you can't joke about like non-consensual sex stuff like that you know what I mean mm-hmm. um but maybe I'm doing too much Taylor taylorsplaining because Don specifically wanted you to answer, Mike. Well,
0: I mean, specifically (laughs) Don wanted me to come to the defense of, I guess, American Pie 2 or whatever we were talking about, which I I didn't realize that was my role. Um, But uh, no, I think think what you're saying um, makes a lot of sense to me. And the evolution of comedy has been something that has stood the test of time. So the idea of like, well, I think the question here from Don is like, will comedy die? And my answer is no it's going to evolve, but it's not going to die. Like, okay, so to me, comedy, if I were—if I had to explain to an alien who didn't understand our humor, what comedy was, how I would explain it in like the, the most simplest broken down form I could would be, to me at least, to me, comedy is exactly like horror. There's a buildup, something happens, something happens, you're building tension, and then there's a release. And the release normally comes from, a surprise of some sort or something unexpected happening and in comedy that invokes laughter and in horror that invokes fear. So if done well to me, it doesn't really matter what that surprise or unexpected thing is. So one of the best types of comedy and even one of the best types of horror is where you do that and you subvert the expectation. You go build up, build up, build up nothing. And that invokes humor or tension and then suddenly something when it's unexpected. So again, that's why to me, horror comedy is the same. So do I think that comedy has to offend people? Well, no, it, it doesn't. Shock humor works, sure, but comedy can evolve. And if there are things that as a society, we decide you, it's not funny anymore. We're not going to make jokes about these or we're not going to accept jokes about certain things. Of course, comedy is going to survive because there's something else that can be at the end of that buildup that can invoke the release of laughter, like another surprise or another something can be there. So, I mean, as as Don points out rather crudely in this email, I'm not exactly the type of person who would be offended, theoretically, by any of the things that we're talking about. you saying
1: about. that you're the type of guy that benefits from that comedy.
0: Yeah, which... I I mean, I I kind of I get what's being said, but like, I don't think that I'm necessarily the person because of those things to say that this is right or this is wrong or this offends me or this doesn't or to feel offended on behalf of other people, which is not something that I generally do. I'm more in the position, and I think my role and my position is to listen, continue to grow, continue to learn, and if someone says this is offended, offensive to me, this type of humor, I don't like it. I think, okay, that, that's, that's, that's extremely acceptable to me. And maybe there's something to be said for that argument or that discussion around that. Again, it's hard when we're talking in a general term because I do think there's a massive difference between what some com- comedies do and what some comedies don't do in the evolution. And that movie, The Good Boys, is a great example of comedy changing around the same subject because I did watch the movie. I saw it a lot later than you did, Taylor. But your your uh, review of it actually made me finally watch it for the first time. So that movie, in in of itself, talks about the same thing Superbad does, and talks about the same things that whatever movie of the, the, the American Pie does, the the one of it before. But it's evolved and it's changed and it's different. Um, and even around that evolution, there's comedy within there. The scene. With the uh, three guys and the the blow up sex doll they find, yeah, uh, and they don't know they what it is. They <laughs> don't know what it is, and they're trying to practice kissing on it. But they go through this whole thing about, well, no, 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 hold on, hold on, you can't, you can't just kiss it. You have to ask consent first, and explains that to the person. Like, there's, they're, you're, they're using that to invoke comedy. So again, it, can it evolve? Comedy can evolve. Everything can evolve.
1: I mean. Watch, like, a Charlie Chaplin movie. Like, they thought that was hilarious when it first mm-hmm. came out. Those movies are good, but I wouldn't say it's, like, gut-busting funny. Like, mm-hmm. it's like anything else, you know? And I don't think it's bad as a society that there are certain things now that um, we, we know better now, right? Like, yeah. Yeah. we're more sensitive to certain things. And I don't think that's a bad thing. You know no. What I mean?
0: no like um, anything it's not I don't think it's inherently good or bad it's what you do with it and it's how you approach it that's gonna make the situation good or bad because there's there's always it, there's always like radical on every side of everything there's always like taking things a little too far but exactly what you just said there Taylor hits home the best for me because in this comment from Don it's like okay would I me? personally lose sleep if we got rid of comedy that offended a lot of people no i wouldn't because to me that's not what comedy is comedy isn't isn't about offending people it's about that release that comes at the end of building a certain type of tension so yeah like the Charlie chaplin example is a great example that i don't think that type there's certain things that aren't funny anymore that aren't even not funny because they're they're offended they're just like that I just don't find whatever that thing is funny.
1: Yeah, our, sensibil- so, our sensibilities have changed.
0: Exactly, yeah. So I, I definitely, I think you and I are on kind of the same page for this. But yeah, I mean, I guess I didn't jump to the defense of American Pie too because I didn't feel that it <laughs> needed me to jump to the defense yet, of it.
1: it's still on our
0: list so clearly. <laughs> I mean, I also, you know, I can I can put things, there are certain, some jokes in, in the American Pie series that I, I don't find tasteful. But I can also put movies and things within the context in which when they were created, and and still enjoy other aspects of the film, minus this moment or this moment or this moment. Because I also believe if you took those moments out, the movie wouldn't change for me.
1: That's the thing. Like, do these jokes really make or break a movie?
0: No, like, <laughs> Never. I don't know.
1: I feel like it's like it's just an excuse to get funnier. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you just need yeah. to up your comedy game by
0: and the I mean. real creative comedians and writers will. Yeah. They'll they will stand the people who get worried about it are, are because they know they're one dimensional. And that would be scary if you didn't have another dimension to your comedy. But but a lot of talented people do. And they're just gonna evolve.
1: I'm like thinking of so my favorite comedy right now is I think you should leave now, that sketch show, which we um I've talked about a couple times on the show.
0: Yeah. Um it's it's funny.
1: It's so <laughs> funny and I feel like it's not it never um it never goes for like the offensive joke. You no. know what I mean? Like I mean, I'm sure anyone can find a fence with anything. So I'm sure there's some people out there that thought, oh my goodness, this was anti-baby or whatever, right? But by and large, I would say that it never stoops to making like cheap shots. And that's no. the funniest thing I've seen in the last year. So no, comedy's would, not dead.
0: Yeah. No, and and it's it's the type of, com- that specifically that show, that sketch show, is the type of comedy I like so much, which is situational it's more about the situations that they're setting up, not the cheap joke. You yeah. know, to, to, to me, the, the, the sort of go for the quick laugh is like what Adam Sandler defaults to. Make a silly voice, do something funny and just go for like the easy, quick laugh. But what that show does and what Key and Peel did very well on their show was set up situations that are funny and the interactions within that are hilarious. Like the, I mean, it won't go into details, but my favorite sketch still has to be the, the birthday party receipt. <laughs> the mud pie. <laughs> yeah. Where he's just, he's, <laughs> he's so forceful on, on if the gift was liked or not, that it just turns into this ridiculous thing. Like it's, it's by far my favorite, my favorite one out of all of it.
1: It's a great show. So Don go watch, I think you should leave now on Netflix you'll see that comedy is alive and well.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, Okay, uh, last questions come from the Inquisitor Josh. A couple light questions to end off. Good. (laughs) Um, Josh always comes through with these. So first question goes to you, Taylor. Not sure if you answered this before, but do you prefer jump scare horror movies or horror movies where the story slash the acting is the main source of scaring the viewer?
1: I would say so. My favorite horror movies are normally um, supernatural, so like ghost movies, which do rely very heavily on jump scares, and I don't mind those. Like if you, you know, like Mike with you and the nun, the nun, right? Yeah, she's scary looking. <laughs> like that's it works. Um,
0: I haven't been able to. I, I have to be honest. Like I'm having trouble sleeping, and I think it's because of the nun.
1: Yeah. So like the fact <laughs> that like. You know, you're like watching and then all of a sudden they do like a, a quick cut and it's the nun in the hallway or like whatever, and, right?
0: And what I was just talking about is what James Wan does so well in his movies is it's a quick cut to nothing and then two seconds later the nun is there. Yeah. So like That's is that is that considered weird. a
1: jump scare? I don't know. Uh, jump, I think so. Jump scares <laughs> work for me. Um, I don't really have – I would say that overall I like um, – like a well-crafted atmosphere so I would always prefer like a supernaturally grounded film with ghost gump- jump scares as opposed to like a slasher flick which also That's often fair. has um jump uh, jump scares right like you know all the yeah. it's quiet and then all of a sudden the murderer is has a yeah. knife so um for me of a perfect horror movie would really rely heavily on constructing a spooky atmosphere um, and then lulls you into that false sense of security. And then they like really quick editing of like scary looking ghosts. Well, I mean, it,
0: it, <laughs> it makes sense now why you like the whole conjuring universe so yeah. much, because those movies do it probably the best that I've seen.
1: Yeah, for sure. So That's my answer.
0: Yeah, it's a good answer. Um, Next question is for me. It says, Michael, could you rank the Star Trek movies in order of best to worst? Also, who is your favorite actor to portray a Star Trek character, either in film or TV? Um, Well, Josh, there's an entire podcast episode. That was like a special that we did just on Star Trek, where I have, Uh, Tyler Vance our Star Trek correspondent and I do some ranking Um, but very quickly I'll say the best Star Trek film is is Wrath of Khan um, which is Star Trek 2 the worst Star Trek film I I still think for me is Star Trek nemesis um, because I don't I don't think they got the tone of of Star Trek very well now that was part of the Next Generation has four movies, the original series has six movies, and then the kind of like two Star Trek 2009 Other Universe has like three. Um, I, I would say that's that Nemesis out of all, what are the, how are there have been 13 Star Trek films now? Yeah, I think there been 13 Star Trek films. Number 13 would be Nemesis, I think. And the number one for me is, is Star Trek: Wrath of Khan. Now, in the list that we gave, if you go back and listen to that, Josh, that episode, I've amended that recently because I've I've recently had a lot more respect for Star Trek: The Motion Picture, which is the first movie. I've had a lot more time to sit with that and watched it again when I like now when I'm a bit older. Like seeing that when I was younger, it it, it seemed boring to me, but now going back to it it's it's so much deeper than i thought so that's just kind of a quick thing but go go listen to that episode josh that's a it's a whole star trek episode go do,
1: your homework, then, go do your homework and then then
0: come back <laughs> yeah i got a whole list there but i would say Star trek the motion picture has moved up my list but like Con is probably still number 1 and and star trek first contact is probably number 2 but uh, the, for the rest go to that cuz i don't i don't think i have time to go through my entire list but i will say in terms of actors um, I, I still think Patrick Stewart at the time was better acting than Star Trek ever deserved, but set a bar for the second TV series, Patrick Stewart coming on to, to Star Trek The Next Generation, that has, has been continuously met up until the most recent Star Trek iterations, which we're not going to talk about. I am never going to speak on this platform or any other again about star trek discovery or star trek picard that's how terrible it is i'm not even going to give it that it's dead to me so i'm talking about star trek ended at star trek enterprise which went off the air in i believe 2005 2006 ish so yeah like patrick stewart set the bar so he's always to me looks back as like one of my favorite actors um to ever do star trek because he was so good he raised the bar and since then like if you look at star trek deep space 9 voyager and enterprise the acting is pretty solid for for being a star trek sci-fi thing like it's way better than like random sci-fi shows you'll see on like space or like random shows the acting is is phenomenal on all those shows so it's it, Patrick Stewart is still the one that I think of, and I think it's an absolute shame what the people who created the show that shall not be named has done to him uh, and uh, has done to his character because it's just uh, it's dreadful that Star Trek is now dead. Um, Josh just finishes off by saying that no free square from me for screening in Kingston Bingo this week. Okay, Josh the Inquisitor. Um, the free square is just. Welcome to Screening in Kingston, which is at the beginning. So I don't know why Josh wouldn't get that square.
1: Because he wasn't watching, I guess.
0: He, or he, he not wasn't listening. listening. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, Josh, you're telling us you didn't listen to the show? He just
1: ratted himself we out.
0: He <laughs> didn't get the free square. Um, I'm going to be interested to see if anyone does get bingo and how long it takes.
1: You only need one line for bingo, though.
0: That's true. And I just, yeah, and I just went along. A really Like, Star Trek's one of the spots. So everyone just got that.
1: There you go.
0: We're- oh, and negative emails. I think that's a spot. <laughs> negative emails from somebody.
1: Negative emails and um, Josh writes in.
0: And Josh writes in. So there you go. That's at least three from this episode. <laughs> so we'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, but there you go. That's the end of Fan Questions. As I've, uh, I've said before, if you're interested in commenting or taking part of the show, go to our website, ScreeningInKingston.com, fill out the form, uh, leave your name that would be good. Uh, and then uh, you can also email us at screeninginkingston at gmail.com and we'll answer your questions. Cool. Uh, let's talk some movies here. So uh, first and foremost, um, we are really excited to get back to, to the movies because new releases are coming up, uh, even though uh, unhinged just came out this past weekend, but it didn't do very well. Surprisingly. I think uh, I just saw
1: um, a headline. Um, $1 million in the U S
0: yeah. Uh, for its opening. Yeah. yeah. For its opening weekend. That's pretty uh, to, brutal. To, date, to date it's closer to five now, but it's opening kind of a couple days. So this is after 10 days of release. So it's first, um, it's first few days of release. Yeah. Only about a million dollars in the U S it's only now after 10 days up to 13 million worldwide, which is not that Large because most most movie budgets, even small budget movies, are somewhere between you know 30 and 50 million spent on it. So, no, the movie didn't do well, it doesn't look good. It's fine, we're gonna move on. Um, I'm really excited to see Tenet um, as well as New Mutants which has been the movie that's been pushed back forever. And even before COVID, it, it was pushed back before it was cool to be pushed back. Um, both those movies are coming out this week. So I'm really excited about that. Um, before we get to that, um, we do want to talk about a couple movies that uh, were at uh, theaters this past week. So uh, Taylor, why don't, why don't you talk to us a little bit about Crash that uh, played at the screening room this past week?
1: That's might be upcoming. That might be this week.
0: Oh, it's coming um, out this week. Yeah.
1: yeah. So... It, it has about a week run. Um, it might have started uh, this past weekend, but it is going to be um, throughout the week, I do believe. Crash is a 1996 Cronenberg movie. So um, if you are looking to support Canadian film, this is a good one. Cronenberg Cronenberg, um, of course, is one of Canada's best directors. I think it's safe to say. Um, has certainly made it mainstream um, to the point... I think people even sometimes forget how Canadian he actually is, uh, Mm -hmm. considering that he's done some pretty major, um, I guess, almost Hollywood films, like uh, Russian Promise. Um, Am I saying that? That's the right name of that movie, right? I think so.
0: Russian
1: Promises? Uh, Eastern Promises. (laughs) Uh, uh, So... That's like a pretty big, um, pretty big movie. So anyways, uh, Crash is one of his earlier movies from 96. Or I wouldn't even say too early. He's been making movies since the 80s. He started making movies that were very um, body horror. Um, The emphasis was the horror was kind of um, embodied literally in the human body. Um, Mm -hmm. And then he starts... You can see, I guess, with Crash, he's kind of transitioning, I guess, in the 90s out of horror. Crash certainly has um, the body still plays a very big part in this film, just in a different way. So the movie um, takes place, I believe, in Toronto. It was certainly filmed in Toronto. It stars my favorite, James Spader. So uh, already it has two ticks, Cronenberg and Spader, are on um, the plate. And it's about um, James Spader plays the lead. He's uh, I think like an ad exec, and the fire has kind of come, at, uh, has gone out of his marriage, and he encounters this um, underground culture of people who find car accidents sexually arousing, um, mm. and that is sort of the, mo- the movie about how wow. him and his wife kind of. Get involved in this kind of underground um, culture. This the movie that's coming to the screening room is actually a remastered copy of the of the original, so it's a, a re-release. Um, I think that the movie is. I've only ever seen it kind of DVD quality, I guess you could say. I, I obviously I've never seen it in theaters. I would have been like five when it came out. Yeah, <laughs> Inappropriate yeah. content for a five year old. So I've only ever seen it. Um, I w- I don't even know if I can say DVD quality. Like probably like bootleg DVD quality. <laughs> so um, I would definitely encourage people who are a fan of Cronenberg. Uh, a fan of kind of 90s like gritty cinema uh, go out and um, go see it of course uh, I always have to give a convoluted rating so there's another square on your bingo card um, for (laughs) everyone listening this movie definitely will not be for everyone (laughs) just hopefully just based on the subject matter already you can tell that this is going to be a pretty um A pretty weird movie. I think when it was released, um, it showed at um, Cannes. I think it's considered. I think at the time it was controversial, even when it came out. Um, It definitely is weird. It is pretty explicit. Um, Mike, the the thumbnail picture you shared on our social media that was pretty explicit.
0: Absolutely.
1: That's what the movie is. <laughs> so maybe go back. I don't know. I, I, it is. It's definitely, um, it's definitely saucy, but I think it is a very wonderful film. I think Cronenberg is a very solid director. Um, hmm. It's very rare. I don't think I've ever seen a Cronenberg, Cronenberg movie I haven't enjoyed. So yeah. make it out to Crash if you can. I think it's only going to be here for about a week. Um. And, yeah, it's definitely a see it for me.
0: Yeah. And and the thing is about images that's interesting is that every studio and every movie has, like, a stockpile of images you're allowed to use when promoting for free. So they have, like, promotion packages. And that was, that was right?
1: one of it? That was the yeah, one? Yeah,
0: it was yeah it was yeah <laughs> like it's one of the images that they're like yeah you got to use these ones <laughs> and so, yeah i mean i i was like okay well this is the movie and here I mean, we I'm go
1: gonna- i <laughs> mean so yeah you can see on our social media the image i mean it's not like a super racy photo but like if you're approved okay you're- Pardon?
0: <laughs> it's well cropped yeah <laughs> Okay, I dropped the photo. I mean, I made it work. <laughs> but,
1: yeah, it's great. It's a it's a good, um, it's very, I would say, Crash is very different from the movies Cronenberg is currently making.
0: Yeah, which, I mean, I, I had to see Shivers um, in film, like at, at school. Like I took some film classes when I was in Queens, and Shivers we watched. Um, and a lot of his early body horror stuff. So it's interesting um, that he's he, he's had some evolution because I've only known him as, like, a body horror horror director.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, if you were looking um, just like his most, so um, he did Naked – so Dead Ringers in 88. So still very much rooted in body horror. The Fly was 86. Um, Videodrome is 83. And then you see, um, you know, he did Matter and Butterfly in 93, followed by Crash, and then a couple movies I haven't seen. And then in 2005, it's A History of Violence and Eastern Promises, A Dangerous Method. All three of those had Vigo Morganson in them. Um, *Cosmopolis*. I don't know if I'm saying that right, has the Robert Pattison connection. So really, yeah. like, his movies feel um, into the 2000s. They really do feel more like Hollywood films. Although I haven't yeah. seen Madam Butterfly or M Butterfly, but that I can assume that one is described as a romantic drama based yeah. on a play. So, again, very almost an outlier in terms of his the movies he was putting out um, yeah. prior to that. So, Crash to me feels like one of his, I guess you could say it's kind of his mid career, like a mid career film but yeah. has certainly has more in common with his movies from his, the 80s than they would than they would have in common with movies from the 2000s.
0: Yeah. Um just before we we move on to that connection with uh with Robert Pattinson, um I do want to just clarify something here um in looking at the King- screening in Kingston Bingo card, the reason why Josh made his comment is his square is specific that he has to ask three or more questions. So I think that's uh, what he was saying. You don't get the square this week because he only asked two questions. Got it.
1: Got it. One
0: of you, one of me. Um, and I don't. I personally wouldn't include follow-ups. Like when he asks, like, "What's your favorite uh, Star Trek film and favorite actor, or whatever?" That's one question to me. That's not two. So I think that's what he's saying. Fair enough. Um, but yeah, well, let's um, let's get get uh, segue from Crash into kind of well. First of all, the movie that I, I watched this week was I rewatched Inception to prepare for Tenet uh, being released. Inception was being shown in some of the uh, multiplexes um, here in Kingston because Tenet is the big wide release that at least we get um, here next week. So Robert Pattinson's interesting because he's he's going to be – he's in Tenet. Um, and also there was some Robert Pattinson news that came out this weekend um, where we got a trailer finally – for The Batman.
1: I cannot wait. Like, I, people, I I cannot wait to see this movie.
0: I feel the exact same way you do. I mean, if people don't know about this, there was a big event um, this weekend called DC fandom where basically... Um, they got everyone together virtually and did kind of like a Comic-Con where they talked all about DC movies. And, and lots of trailers came out of that, like the new trailer for the new Wonder Woman movie, which also looks quite good. They talked a lot about the Snyder cut that uh, that they're getting of the re-release for uh, the, the Justice League. But to me, the biggest thing and the most exciting thing, and I agree with you on this, Taylor, is... is the Batman, because the trailer looks fantastic. And if anyone out there is concerned about this movie or Robert Pattinson playing Batman, watch this trailer.
1: Although good, <laughs> this is the Batman that I'm gonna love. But like this is a hot take on Batman. Yeah. <laughs> like this well, is it's, this it's, is, Batman emo. is a lot more this is like emo Batman.
0: Yeah, the Batman, right? Like it's 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 darker. It's going to be a lot more like the video games and the darker comments. Like it's 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 Batman being the best detective, the world's greatest detective. Um, and yeah, it and,
1: almost felt like a setup for like a serial killer movie.
0: For sure, absolutely. Well, even the the villain who who is the Riddler is done differently than than you would expect.
1: You almost. It took until the end of the trailer for me to be like, oh, the Riddler.
0: (laughs) Yeah. No, no, me too. I was was like, absolutely. I felt the same way.
1: So I think this Batman is going to be contentious. I think people are either going to be like us, like, yes, give this to me. I'm going to watch three movies plus more of this Batman. And then other people are going to be like, where's his muscles?
0: Yeah. Which, like... Again, like I kind of I understand in the sense of that's what we've gotten in the past. But to me, it's going to make it more believable, realistic and interesting is you're going to you're supposed to look at Bruce Wayne and have no idea why, like no sense that he'd ever be Batman. Um, And to me, Robert Pattinson being he's going to he's a kind of a tall, lanky, skinny dude. You wouldn't believe that he's he's running around. And, and I'm sure, you know, they're going to explain and talk about the suits that he wears and they're going to talk about a lot of things and explain things. But to me, Batman at the early of, at his career, when he's just getting going, I find that fascinating. And I, and I find the way they could go with this is fascinating.
1: I saw one comparison. It was a, it was a a tweet and it was a picture of Rob Pattison beside Crispin Glover and it, and the tweet said, "I'm getting strong, crispin Glover vibes," and, <laughs> <laughs> and I love it. I love that they that Robert Pattinson is making him like creepy, like yeah. Batman is creepy in in this movie.
0: Every night he goes out dressed as a bat, stopping crime. Like, you have to be. A little...
1: Of course, you're yeah,
0: a when... weirdo. <laughs> You're not all right if <laughs> you're doing that. And that's the point of Batman is he's not – he's not – he's so – he's been so beaten down his entire life emotionally. Now, again, I'm saying emotionally speaking. Like that's – he went through something horrible as a kid. It scars him. So, yeah, he's I – mean, again, he's the world's greatest detective. He's obviously intelligent. He's going to show all that in this movie. But he's also – yeah, he's going to be creepy a little reserved, a little off in certain ways. And to me, that's going to work. I, I agree. I, Taylor, I'm on the same page as you. I think this is a Batman I'm going to love. I think I'm going to love this movie. I, but I can see people being on the other side.
1: Of it. You know what makes me so angry? How wasted Joaquin Phoenix's The Joker
0: was. Because the joke Like, it fits so perfectly.
1: Oh, my gosh.
0: <laughs> part of this.
1: <laughs> like, I and praying for the day the movie gods give me Joaquin Phoenix with Robert Pattinson and them just being like inhabiting the screen together with their weird yeah. skinny yeah. bodies <laughs>
0: instead <laughs> of doing instead of doing a Joker 2 why not do what they tried to do and failed to do with the whole Man of Steel, Batman v Superman thing. Instead of doing a Man of Steel 2, they'd made it Batman Two Superman. Instead of doing a second Joker movie, Wa- Joaquin Phoenix, why not just be in the next Batman one? Let this Batman movie happen. The Batman happens. It's going to be him versus the Riddler, whatever. He, he, all these things happen. There's other villains in it and all this stuff happens. And maybe Batman becomes a little bit more humbled because he's going be, to be a brash kid who, who's going to have a lot of confidence. Yeah, he's going to be arrogant. So why not? He, he's, he has some hardship, but he still wins and is successful. And then the next movie had the Joker come in and ruin everything. It yeah. would
1: be great. I can't. I just hope. I mean, it's all the same intellectual property, right? Like, there's no reason yeah. why Joaquin couldn't. Yeah, same
0: studio. <laughs> <So>. yeah.
1: <laughs> Anyways, we're probably, you know, this is going to be the Joker all over again, Mike. We're getting our our hopes
0: that's so true, hide. if it's terrible, if it's terrible, our <laughs> words... I know. We, uh, it's doing to us again, like we're just, we're falling for it again. Oh. <laughs> and this it will be our fault. Whoever they're,
1: whoever they're hiring to cut these trailers, that's who I blame. Because yeah, they're doing
0: a great job with it, for sure. Yeah,
1: and it, yeah, just, I can't wait. The only thing I just hope that, um, I hope it's not so like overly I don't know how to describe this like maybe it's I'm not describing it right but like overly saturated like I did find it too dark just like yeah not it, in terms yeah, yeah. of like um not like theme or content just like no, it was like when, it was like when I was watching Hannibal so I yeah. um uh, when uh, unfortunately I well not unfortunately but a little um confession i watched hannibal through da- like downloads right so mm-hmm. the downloads i got i don't know if whoever ended up downloading them like fixed the lighting like like the i don't know like the screen brightness but i always like it was dark but like you were able to see things and then i remember going home and watching the new episode of hannibal like on network tv and being being and not even being able to like make out what was happening on screen
0: yeah and, and that's a big problem that a lot of shows end up unfortunately end up doing they end up making it too dark and, and it's because probably budget they don't want you to see mistakes or subtlety and then you can't see anything
1: so I'm afraid that this movie like what would you describe that as like the lighting
0: yeah it would be the lighting
1: so I just hope that it's not so dark. That Because, you know, with all the tweets I was looking at, it's very obvious that people have brightened up the stills compared yeah. to what was actually going on in the trailer. So that would be my and have one remember complaint. They're
0: still filming. Like they're still filming yeah. this and they're still working on it. So they probably only filmed a handful of things to show us and haven't done all the editing yet. So it's possible. I mean, I'm hope I'm just being hopeful <laughs> here that it's gonna be okay. But it's possible. It's just early on, and they still have to do a lot of editing and tweaking. Because
1: don't you just hate when it's they're like we want it to be a dark movie, and it's like okay, yeah. it can be dark in terms of content, but I still want to see yeah. what's
0: happening. I need to be able to see it. <laughs> I need to be able to see what's happening. I agree.
1: Come with on, you. add yeah. some floodlighting here. But yeah, yeah. It looks but people
0: good. should go check out that trailer, everybody. The, the Batman trailer just dropped. Because I do think it should at least put some of your, your thoughts to ease. I mean, there's, we, you don't see everything with Robert Pattinson, but I think you see enough to, to show the guy's a good actor. Um, and I think it's going to be good. So definitely go check that out. And they, they did drop a Wonder Woman 1984 trailer. Uh, their final trailer, they said, is that one's going to come out uh, sometime in the fall. So you know, they, there's other things that came out of that weekend, which is good. But uh, yeah, Robert Pattinson being in Tenet, is another movie where where to me I'm telling people like go see Tenet to if you're concerned about him being Batman cuz this is probably the biggest movie Robert Pattinson's been in since Twilight cuz all the other stuff he's done has been pretty pretty small and not a lot of people see his work. I've
1: been hearing program. I don't want to be a party pooper and we all know how we value reviews on this show yeah. but I've been getting I've been hearing mixed reviews about Tenet.
0: No, I I have too. Um, and again, like the reason why I wanted to rewatch Inception um, at the theaters this past week was because I really wanted to to get back in that mindset. Because Christopher Nolan has a very very particular style, and to me his movies are hit and miss with me. Like I liked Inception, I still liked it upon a rewatch. I wasn't a big fan of Dunkirk, but again, some of his movies resonate with me, some of them don't. Um, the thing about Tenet that I'm looking forward to is more the craft almost around it. I, I don't know much about the story from what I can even tell from from the previews. And I've also read some reviews that have been not so great of the film, but I know that it was, you know, how, how this film was shot. And it was a lot of it was practical and a lot of the, the strange things that went into to creating this weird world that he likes to create. So I'm just kind of also just more fascinated to see it. I have no expectations of, of whether or not it's going to be good because, again, his movies are so hit and miss. I'm not one of those Christopher Nolan fans. I like hurts. everything he does. He's a Yeah, and he's a genius, and he's it's a masterpiece. I'm more of a, hey, sometimes it's a good movie, and sometimes it's not. I really didn't enjoy Dunkirk. I didn't think it was that great. So <laughs> he's hit and miss for me. Excuse me. Sorry, um,
1: sneezing. Um yeah,
0: no problem. I thought you were m- mocking yeah, my taste state of Dunkirk.
1: Jesse sneezes. You, you know, I don't even know what Tenant is about. I assume it's about futuristic businessmen. And you know, um, I don't even want people <laughs> to correct me. I just okay. want I just want to think that's what it is. Do you know what okay, it's no. about?
0: No, because the trailers are I mean, I have a very rough idea but the trailers are very mysterious. It has something to do with the ability to go quickly backwards in time for like five seconds because there's something to do with time. Um, but hey, I like that idea of the businessman thing. Like I, in I the think future. that's a great way to look at it. Yeah, in the future. I, it's a great way to look at it. I, I mean, really, I'm just excited because it's a new movie. It's the first new movie for me that I'm going to see since Corona started. And John David Washington, who's the lead, is fantastic. Like I loved him in Black Klansman. Yeah. I think he's, he's really, 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 really good. Um, so I'm excited to see see him in it as well. So I, I don't know. I, I'm going into it with no expectations other than I've heard it's a wild ride of a movie and that a lot of stuff went into creating it and that a lot of it was done practically, which I really respect. So if there's not a lot of CGI and it's going to feel very real, I'm very excited to yeah. see kind of what, what that's going to be like.
1: Um, you had mentioned you had seen Inception. Yeah. And I, they probably – they were smart. They were strategic. They obviously are releasing that um, to coincide with Tenet. But also 10-year anniversary. Uh-huh.
0: Yeah, and um, it was interesting. At the beginning of the movie, there was a little featurette talking about um, talking about the creating Inception and what kind of went into it. And again, it's it's a movie that um, when I first saw it, really, really, really blew my mind. And it was it was fascinating. And I, and I found the whole concept to be really interesting. And upon rewatch, I still really enjoyed it. Like I thought it was a lot of fun. I'm really glad I saw it on the big screen again because it is kind of a grandiose, large film in that way. But uh, yeah, celebrating its 10th anniversary, which is kind of, hard to believe, but I can't believe it. Uh, I saw
1: it in theaters. I saw it in like the French row of a cineplex.
0: Yeah. Did you? You went front row, wow. Yeah. And, and again, this is also like Christopher Nolan at the time had just come off of the success of one Batman movie, but really he was still a relatively new director and Leonardo DiCaprio was working with him. And like, you know, this is in the middle of Leonardo's, well, he's always been a star, but he was doing it every two years. He was cranking out an yeah. Oscar worthy movie. So the fact that it was Leonardo DiCaprio in the movie with the director who just did Batman Begins was, like, incredible. So with little, that, Miss, that,
1: with little Miss Ellen Page.
0: Yes, Ellen Page, also very good in it. Michael Caine, of course. He's in every Christopher Nolan movie. You can always find Michael Caine. Tom Hardy.
1: Considering that Ellen Page was in that big of a movie, you don't – I know she's doing, like, a lot of – um she had like a, a travel show on Vice and I think, I I mean, I could be completely wrong. I think she is maybe like producing and directing now or like getting more into that, yeah. so, like things bu- yeah. kind of behind the she's screen. A,
0: she's producing a lot yeah. of stuff, but she also she's a big uh, social activist yeah. and is doing a lot of charitable work now. So she's doing a lot of behind the scenes stuff.
1: And I guess she's in the new, she's in the Umbrella Academy right now on Netflix, yeah. but yeah. my, what I'm trying she obviously, we're listing her CV. Clearly, she's a very busy woman. But you really, you don't, aside from that, like she, you'd think she would be in more big things after having yeah. been in that.
0: Yeah, you'd think so. Because that's the way her career was headed. She was becoming larger and larger as an actor. But I guess she just decided, hey, I want to do more producing. I have other work I want to do.
1: Yeah, so, and maybe yeah, she was busy enough. with her social activism, which obviously yeah, is yeah. great. Maybe, you know, yeah. maybe we'll, she'll come back to the big screen
0: someday.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah maybe one day. Um, well, that brings us to the end of this week's episode, everybody. Thank you uh, so much for, for tuning in this week. Go see some movies. Thank you for listening to the Screening in Kingston podcast, recorded at CFRC at Queen's University in Kingston, Ontario. Queen's University sits on the traditional lands of the Haudenosaunee and Anishinaabe peoples. We would like to thank the Faculty of Engineering and Applied Sciences and the CFRC podcast now.